0: The city of New York is at it again, or should I say, the city of Scum York. Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another NPO National Preview Online podcast. If you have not already done so and you'd like to subscribe to the show, please do so by going to the iTunes App Store and searching out NP Online. You can subscribe that way for free. In the alternative, You can go to the Google Play Store, download the free Podbean app. Podbean.com is our hosting service. You do that, and you'll be able to subscribe that way for free. And this way, you won't miss a thing. So the city of New York is at it again. I believe it was the health commissioner. I was driving in, and I caught the news on the radio in my car, and he stated that due to this 4% level of new case infections, that he recommends people suspend all non-essential activity. Now, I'm getting a little tired of it. I'm getting a little tired of being made to feel like a bank robber when I come out of my building every day. In order to avoid a fine from the co-op board, you have to wear a mask. I'm getting a little tired of having to wear a mask when you go into a store. I mean, if you listened to my show yesterday, you know just what a crock of fertilizer this is. We're talking about a virus that by all estimations has infected over 110 million people and yet resulted in 267,000 deaths. Uh, Of those 267,000 deaths, we now know that 94% of those deaths involved people who already had more than one comorbidity, 2.6 to be exact, meaning they either had a compromised respiratory system and diabetes, or they had uh, cancer that they were a survivor of, or some other condition. Only 6% of those 267,000 people who perished from COVID-19 were people in otherwise good states of health. That's 16,000 people. For perspective, once again, for those of you new to the show, I've mentioned it before. In this country, every year, we get approximately 54 million cases of the seasonal flu. And we get approximately 64,000 deaths from that flu. This from a disease, a virus that people have a certain amount of immunity for and that there are vaccines for. There are no vaccines for COVID-19 yet. And supposedly, no one has any natural immunity to it. So the notion that with 110 million people, we've only had 267,000 deaths. And of those 267,000, 94% were people already in compromised states of health, does not really speak to a pandemic of a historical nature on the order of the bubonic plague, which wiped out a third to a half the population of Europe, when it passed through in the, in the first millennium and the second millennium, this is nonsense that we're going through here. This is just a ruse to be able to control the population and that mask is a constant symbol of fear to intimidate you. Through the artifice of this COVID-19 hoax, they have been able to manipulate you into a variety of behaviors you otherwise never would have engaged in. They've gotten you to act like timid little cowards. They've gotten you to act like sheep. They've gotten you to go into a mail-in ballot scenario so they could spike the votes and compromise things and more on that in due course. And this is not conspiracy theory, ladies and gentlemen. We've got the facts now coming out in droves. The same people who go to the store, wait on those two stupid footprints, like I've said in the past, and touch things all the time, had no problem with that, but they couldn't go into a ballot location, get a piece of paper that nobody had ever touched before, check it off with a pen, and leave. That's what you've got going on here. But uh, things are changing. But before we get on to the news of the day in terms of the election, I want to make a little addition to the. news outlets we no longer have to pay any attention to. I've told you about Fox News and how that's become a disgrace. We've spoken about the Wall Street Journal, how we're no longer going to abide by that. Well, new to the plate, maybe I mentioned it before, but definitely after this, we want to do it, National Review Magazine, the venerable National Review Magazine founded in the 50s by the late, great William F. Buckley, Jr., the father of modern conservatism has gone over the fence. They've passed the point of no return. William F. Buckley Jr., I, I probably estimate, is rolling over in his grave right now at the direction his magazine, which he founded, uh, to stand athwart history and yell, stop, as he put it, because there was no opposing point of view to the prevailing liberal point of view, which was sweeping the country at that time. I want you to hear, let me read a little bit from an editorial, Uh, this is from the editors of National Review. Okay, this is not a a contributor. This is the position of this once venerable magazine. And I, I hate to even think now that I once considered writing for that magazine. President Trump said the other day he'd leave office if he loses the vote of the Electoral College on December 14th. This is not the kind of assurance presidents of the United States typically need to make, but it was noteworthy given Trump's disgraceful conduct since losing his bid for re-election to Joe Biden on November 3rd. Behind in almost all the major polls, Trump stormed within a hair's breadth in the key battlegrounds of winning re-election, and his unexpectedly robust performance helped put Republicans in a strong position for the post-Trump presidency era. This is not nothing, but the president can't stand to admit that he lost, and so has insisted since the wee hours of election night that he really won, and won by a lot. There are legitimate issues to consider after the 2020 vote about the security of mail-in ballots and the process of counting votes. Some jurisdictions bizarrely take weeks to complete their count, but make no mistake, the chief driver of the post-election contention of the past several weeks is the petulant refusal of one man to accept the verdict of the American people. And that's only part of it. National Review, you've got some pair of balls to make a statement like that. You're supposed to be the stalwart. You're supposed to be the conservative voice. When Buckley was alive, it was the leading conservative voice. It was the voice that everyone turned to for leadership. He's petulant. Trump is petulant because he won't acknowledge a, a, a defeat that never occurred because he was robbed. If he's petulant... You people are benighted buffoons. More and more, there's evidence coming out. I don't know what it is about the American media in this country that they just don't simply have the sand anymore to report facts. Are you that afraid of criticism from the left that you can't bring yourself to report facts that I now have to turn to Sky News of Australia to hear contemplative journalistic thought? And we will be putting a link up to a clip from Sky News uh, that took place the other day. Sky News is a is a uh, British concern, an Australian concern. They have a British version of Sky News, which I think is a little more left, more along the lines of the BBC, although the BBC is very left. But Sky News in Australia seems to be extremely conservative or at least very, very unbiased or middle of the road. It may sound conservative because everything you hear is so left, but um, Sky News really has their head Uh, screwed on right. They have a decent perspective. And I can't believe that the idiots who run National Review can't realize that if this thing is allowed to go forward, this theft is allowed to take place, no Republican will ever win an election again, particularly at a presidential level. This is fraud on a grand scale. We saw the public hearings of Pennsylvania, where the Giuliani team more than adequately demonstrated what the fraud was and how a 700-plus-thousand-vote lead for the president with 64% of the votes counted out of 6.5 million suddenly flipped to an 80,000-vote surplus for the other man. It's almost mathematically impossible. And now we saw similar hearings in the state of Arizona yesterday, which scared people. And now, as a result of my reporting, I told you... Uh, reporting on things that were listed in the Epic Times and other places, how Georgia, no question. Now, there may have been more egregious things done in places like Michigan, where you had truckloads of hundreds of thousands of ballots being dumped, and in Pennsylvania, where you had this hanky-panky going on in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. But in terms of absolutely easily provable fraud, you can't get any easier than Georgia. A lot of things have taken place, but I'm going to reiterate just two points which absolutely prove or should prove to the satisfaction of any reasonable jurist that Georgia was won by Trump. You've got Sidney Powell identifying 96,600 absentee ballots. These are ballots that are ostensibly requested by a voter, and they were counted, yet there's no record of those ballots, ballots having been mailed back and returned to the state of Georgia. So in other words, these ballots were requested, but they were never requested by the voter. They were simply generated through a fraudulent request by people seeking to undermine the election, filled out by these people, and then submitted and counted. They never went through the mail-in receiving process. Those are 96,000 ballots. Those ballots can be identified because they have names attached to them, and they should automatically be null and void. I'll guarantee you over 75 percent of them are all for Biden, if not more, and we know that the margin of victory in Georgia is 12,000 votes. That would give the election to Trump. But there are still more. Matt Brainard, a brilliant statistician who had worked on the Trump campaign in 2016 but had no connection with it this time around, has identified over 23,000 voters, not ballots, voters, voters who filed national change of address registry forms with the, with the U.S. Post Office, indicating they were leaving Georgia and moving to another state. In further support of this, Mr. Brainard can produce for you the voter registration cards of those 23,000 individuals in the states they currently reside in, which is not Georgia. He can show you that they voted in those states, and he can show you that they voted in the state of Georgia. Those 23,000 people, their ballots, have to be disallowed. That also gives the state of Georgia to Donald Trump. So Donald Trump doesn't have 232 electoral votes, as they want you to believe, and Biden doesn't have what they're giving him. Just with the state of Georgia alone, Donald Trump now has 248. That is 22 shy of winning the presidency. We saw what went on in Arizona. We've yet to see a similar hearing in Michigan, but I suspect something's happening there. Wisconsin is even closer. But in Arizona, we have more than ample evidence to cast serious doubt on the election there. Arizona is 11 votes. That puts the president at 259. But even without Arizona, I think the case in Pennsylvania is easily provable because of the constitutional issues that uh, Mr. Dershowitz raised. So even without uh, Arizona, the 248 becomes 268, with Pennsylvania's 20. And then we have this today, uh, reported among other places in the Epic Times, from the White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany. Uh, She's speaking with members of the media. This was an excerpt from that reported on. She said, The state to watch this week is the state of Nevada. This was reported today. I have it here for you. Apparently, the Trump team has been looking to get granted discovery, and they now have been granted it. A judge overseeing the case last week ruled that the Trump campaign can depose depose up to 15 witnesses. Jesse Benall, the Trump campaign lawyer, told the judge the witnesses include whistleblowers who will provide testimony, quote, showing that overnight the disks that were used to hold votes would magically have votes appear and reappear. On the same disc. When the judge granted the depositions, McEnany said our two attorneys were suddenly matched by 10 attorneys from Perkins and Coy who did the Fusion GPS dossier. You know that phony dossier that talked about Trump going to uh, a hotel in Moscow and paying prostitutes to urinate on a bed? Ridiculous. But there is still more. Banal told Newsmax this is the Trump attorney, after the judge's ruling that the evidence that they're going to be presenting is going to be extremely compelling. It'll be very, very strong and show that at the end of the day, the state of Nevada was ultimately wrong when they certified the election for Joe Biden because, in fact, Donald Trump is the one who won in Nevada. This other statistical analysis by pollster uh, Patrick Basham that indicates that when a Democrat gets less than 70% of the Hispanic vote, he cannot win the states of Arizona, Nevada, Florida, or New Mexico. Trump got 35% of the Hispanic vote. He won Florida. How is it that he loses Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico? Mr. Basham's article was very interesting in that he didn't, he wasn't a part of the Trump team and didn't, uh, Wasn't able to show specific evidence other than statistical evidence, which was very compelling in that of all the statistical anomalies that took place during the 2020 election, not a single one of them broke in Trump's favor. They all broke in Biden's favor. That in itself is statistically impossible. So there's a lot going on, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Nevada has six votes, and there are many, many instances of people who voted. Uh, in Nevada, who have moved out of Nevada. So, with those six votes, that puts Trump at 275. Now, if you want to say that he doesn't win, the state of Pennsylvania, there's still Wisconsin, there's still Michigan out there. But what I'm trying to tell you is you are being dispirited the same way the polls dispirited you. The polls, the polls, the polls. I keep hearing the polls. Let's go back to that stupid remark by the people at National Review. Behind in almost all major polls, Trump stormed within a hair's breadth. Those polls were full of shit, National Review. I'm sorry to speak bluntly, ladies and gentlemen, but they were. They weren't accurate. They've never been. They were all designed to do two things. And I mentioned this in my October show, one of my October shows. The first thing, the manifest reason was to dispirit you, to make you convinced that there was no way that Trump could win, so that you would fold up your tents and get the hell out of Dodge and maybe not vote. The second was precisely for this reason, to give charlatans and snake oil salesmen like these the wherewithal to be able to say, Well, of course, the mail-in votes are legitimate. Didn't the polls tell you he was going to win? Yet, as Mr. Basham put out, polls have been right in the past. They've been wrong in the recent history. But the non-polling metrics are never wrong. And every single one of them indicated that Trump would win. And if they're wrong, it's the first time in history that the non-polling metrics have won like the approval rating of a president, jobs, economy, so forth and so on, Dow Jones Industrial Average, every single one pointed to a Trump victory. And Trump is responsible for that red wave. It's the people, the idiots, that think they know more than anyone at National Review who can't admit to themselves that this thing was stolen. And for a magazine that supports, purports to be the conservative voice in this country to represent conservatism and Republicans so quick to surrender to this fraud, which would make it virtually impossible for any of the people that they say they support to ever win election again, is beneath contempt. I call upon everyone within the sound of my voice to add National Review Magazine, that once grand old lady of conservative publications, to the ash heap of history. Cancel your subscription. Do not follow it. Bring it to its knees. Because it's obvious to me that when William F. Buckley went to the grave, he took national review with him. Keep your hopes up. This is far from over. This is far from over. The Trump campaign is on it, and as long as you stay on it and don't give up, he won't give up. Keep fighting till the last breath. I believe at the end of the day, God is going to wave his mighty hand and keep Donald Trump in the White House. Joe Biden can't even seem to play with his dog. They say he fell and broke his ankle. Now people are speculating that he may have had a stroke. That wouldn't surprise me. The man has got one foot in the grave the other one on a banana peel. And this is the one they elect to be president of the United States? Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Can't happen. Donald Trump increased his votes by over 9 million from 2016. When Barack Obama, who set records when he won in 2008, ran for re-election in 2012, he got three and a half million fewer votes. It just doesn't add up. It doesn't add up for a reason, because it isn't real. It's fraudulent. For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury.